you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse number 17. Also, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light afflictions, everybody say light afflictions. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. First Peter chapter 1, verse number 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for... A season. Let's let's just hold that right there and look back at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our lot afflictions, which is but for a moment. First Peter chapter 1 said, Though now for a season. If need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. By the help of the Lord this morning, I want to just share with you a little bit about what's on my heart. I feel that the Lord has kind of dealt with me some this week. And before I bring something to you, the Lord has to kind of work, work it in my spirit a little bit. And so I just want to talk to you from my heart a little bit this morning about the momentary existence of trials. The momentary existence of trials. How many of you know what I'm going to talk about this morning? Because you've lived there through some of the momentary existence. Those, those momentary times of trials. Lord, help us this morning. To speak what you've laid on our heart, I pray this morning, God, that somehow you can work through this flesh and get beyond, oh Lord, all of our thoughts and you can deal deep into the heart of every one of us this morning that your word may affect us in Jesus' name. Everybody shout in Jesus' name. God bless you. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them. Trials won't last always. God bless you. You can be seated. The momentary existence of trials. 
Now, obviously, I'm paralleling these two passages of scriptures this morning for the purpose of giving you a very clear understanding that the scripture is full of ideas that troubles won't last always. Now, we have to be careful to not build doctrines and this sort of thing around a particular scripture, one particular scripture. For I believe that in order for us to truly grasp the idea of the word of God, we have to to draw through the correlation of scriptures. And we have to allow the scripture in its totality to speak into our lives lest we get caught up in ideas that may not be completely biblical in its intention, that maybe through translation a particular phrase or word was used that, um, that somehow um, distorted our, our view of, um, of what the text actually means. I have a little roar up here, so I'm trying to, trying to find that, Brother Corey. So in paralleling, thank you, in paralleling verse 17 of 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and 1 Peter, the first chapter, and the sixth verse, the scripture says, though now for a season. Now, I'm going to, is it okay if I just take my time this morning? I don't want to put you to sleep. We're going to get somewhere if, if, we, can, if we can hang together here this morning. I want to show you, I want to, I want to prove some things to you in the Scripture that what you may be feeling, the season of life that you may be in, is not going to last always. The issue is, is, is the... The now, the the now for a season. Could we could could, could we get First Peter chapter one verse number six on the screen, if we could? Though the scripture says, though now everybody say now. See the problem with us moving. Uh, the, the the problem with us moving and navigating through this season of heaviness is that the season is now. If the season's in the future, it's easier for us to navigate it because we're, we're, we, we talk about, I understand what's coming, but the, the difficulty is, is what is going on now. When we get out the other side of it, we look back, nah, it was nothing. You know, man, we got right through that. It was, it, it was no struggle. But when you're in the, the season of heaviness and the season of manifold temptations, when they are now, it feels like, everybody say it feels like, it feels like it's going to last always. 
It feels like this is where we are and where we're going to always be. That's why we cannot walk by feelings. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by feelings. Because if we're not careful, we'll allow our feelings to cause us to believe that it's always going to be what it is now. So when you're going through a trial, now there's, there's three types of people in the room. There's those who have been through trials, those who are going through trials, or those who are about to go through trials. Everyone else can be excused. It is the now in the season that is the hard part. If it wasn't for the now in the season, it always seems like it's somebody else's problems. It's what we've been through or what we know is coming. But right now, everything seems to be good, and so we feel good because we're not experiencing the temptations and we're not experiencing the trials. We're not experiencing the affliction. But when you are experiencing it, the now will get you every time. Though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaven, it's through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious, everybody say it's the trial. It's the trial that is more precious than of gold that perisheth. Now, I've, I broke this scripture down for you over and over again, but it's too fitting in this message for me not to come back in case somebody has never heard this before. I just have to share it with you that it is not getting out the other side of your, your trial and looking back and saying, well, now I went through that because God was turning me into pure gold. I heard that preached my whole life. The trial of your faith is putting you through the fire so you come out pure gold on the other side. But this text is not saying that. It is saying that the trial is more precious than gold that has been through fire. In other words, the purest form of gold. It is, it is the trial that is more precious, but now you don't see that. Now you feel like I'm always going to be where I am. Now I'm angry at everybody. Now I'm frustrated at life. Now I can't get along with my wife. Now because I'm living in the now. But it's not going to always be this way. But this trial that you're going through is more precious than gold. In other words, gold in that day being the most precious form of metal, it was what all trading was built on and based on. And, and it, it was the most precious thing that one could, could have. But it's saying, no, the trial is more precious than the most expensive, the most precious thing you could get. The trial is more valuable in your life. Now, how could that be, Pastor? Because until you've experienced some trials, you don't really know a whole lot about life. 
but how you handle the trial will depend on whether the trial is going to make you. And unless you just lose your mind and lose faith in God and stop walking with God, the, faith, the, the trial was never intended to break you. The trial is intended to develop you. It is the trial of your faith. It is the trial of your faith. So the trying, the testing, is a test of your faith. Can you, like Job, reach a point in life where you say, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It is the trial of your faith that is precious. Because the trial is developing things in you that is built around your faith. Will you lose faith in the middle of your test? Or will you allow it to to develop in your life? Because on the other side of the trial, there will be rejoicing. On the other side of your brokenness, there's going to be Victory. Because now it's a season that you're going through. So now things are not the way you want it to be. But I can speak into some lives this morning. There, 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 I, I, I felt strongly this morning. I, I, I maybe I hope I didn't miss God. I, I hope it was just the flesh. I just saw the demeanor of somebody uh, that walked in this morning. And I just wanted to walk up to them this morning and encourage them. So I'll just do it right now from the pulpit. I'm not going to call anybody's names. But I just want to tell you this morning that you may have walked in here carrying a load, feeling defeated, feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulder. Can I tell you that this trouble will not last always? Can I tell you this is the now of the season, but you, there is a future in your season that is going to be better. Things are going to get better because right now God is needing to develop some things in you. And when you submit to the development process of what God is doing, you don't like it? Of course not. I have a trip coming up here in a couple of months. I'm supposed to be prepared for it. I need to lose about 60 pounds and be ready to walk five miles a day at 11,000 square feet altitude with a 30-pound backpack on my back. Who's ready to start working out with me? Lord, have mercy. I got a long ways to go in a short time to get there. I don't look forward to it. You know why? Particularly the first two or three weeks. Because I'm going to be hangry. I'm going to be weary. My body's going to be sore. My muscles are going to be tired. That's where some of you are this morning. I just feel it in the spirit. It's going to feel good when I get on the other side. But the deal is... Right now. Here's the difference. I have an option. I could have started this a few months ago. But the issue with trials is you're not in control of the timing. Mm. 
Because trials come at the moments that God designs. Because God is in charge of the timing of your trials. Now I'm going to preach you out of that here in a few minutes. But right now I want you to get this. You're not in control of the timing of your trial. God is in control of the timing of your trial. God can hold it off. He can speed it up. He can hold it right where it needs to be. And until we pass the test, you're not going to move on to the next level. I always wanted to move on to the next level a little early. My mom happened to be one who, when she was in a younger grade of school, tested out of all of her classes, and they moved her. She, she absolutely, she always laughed and said she only went 11 years of school. And somebody said, what, you didn't graduate? And she said, no, I did. And the hidden part of the story, she would always confuse people, was that there was a point where her testing scores were high enough, she skipped the class. So I always wanted to, to be able to do that. But I never could do it because I never could pass the test until I went through the, t- the class. Some of you came out of high school and started to go to college and you benefited yourself because you tested out. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? I'm having a difficult time reading you this morning. I can't tell whether you're asleep, thinking, Or fishing, I'm not sure. The issue is, is you don't move to the next level until you test out. You got to go through it until you can pass the test. The test, passing the test, is, is determines that the season has lasted long enough in your life. Now, all of my other, my, my oldest sister, Karen, the one who was in the hospital this morning, she graduated valedictorian of her class. My other sister, Rhonda, she graduated salutatorian of her class. My brother, Gary, was the top male in his class. I passed. Somehow it just didn't work out for me so well. And I remember one particular year in school, we were approaching the end of the year, and I was in high school, and my teacher came and started talking to me and said, you need to bring this grade up. Otherwise, you're not going to get the credit that you need in order to be able to pass. In other words, I need to do better. I need to get through this trial. I need to do better. Because right now, I'm failing. I had to make some changes. Anybody with me this morning? I'm not taking you to school this morning. I'm trying to get you through this trial. Because I want you to understand how you handle the trial will have everything to do with the outcome on the other side. 
So you've got to decide how you're going to handle the trial when you don't know what, what you're going to do and what the next turn is and how things are, are going to. None of us know what tomorrow holds. None of us know the real outcome of, of the next phase of our life, the next season of our life. But right now, we've got to get through where we are and we've got to get through it with faith. There is nothing as a pastor that I appreciate any more than watching some of you who are going through dark trials in your life, great tests in your life, times of disappointment, times of struggle, times of loss, and yet I see you maintain your integrity with God, the integrity of your faith. You don't come in all down in the dumps, but you come in saying, I know this is not going to last always. I'm keeping the faith. I know God's got this. While I see that you're, you're hardly able to stand, but God is seeing you through it, and you keep your chin up. Let me tell you, you're going to pass the test a whole lot sooner than the one that gets into the test, and all they want to do is complain about it and be frustrated about it and want to quit over it and want to throw in the towel over it. There's got to be a point in your life that you understand this trial I'm in is not even going to be the last trial that I'm in and it may not be the worst trial that I ever go through. But this much I know, He's going to see me through and He'll see me through the next one and through the next one. And you're going to look back at this day and you're going to look back at this moment and you're going to say, Pastor said it wouldn't last always. Today you feel broken, but there's another side to this brokenness. Your trial may be the very thing that saves you because your trial can teach you to pray. When we get on the other side, we're not going to rejoice because of the trial. As a matter of fact, most of us or look back at the trials in our life and say, I wish I would have never had to go through that. But we will rejoice when we recognize what our trial worked into our lives. It was that season that God developed some things in me that I never, ever thought This tells me that our trials may be an important aspect of us being saved. It may be a because without them, without the trials, we will try to make it on our own. We'll try to walk by sight and not by faith. We'll try to make it without trusting God. We'll try to. I was talking to somebody the other day, and and they're going through a very difficult time in life, and they they were they were saying, you know, <clears throat> this this trouble was brought into my life by people, and they were sharing with me a little bit about the struggle that they had been going through. That's not here, so don't try to figure out who I'm talking about. It was somebody not connected with our church, and they went through this dark trial, and it was a sad situation, and they said. What they did not know was what they were putting me through that life was still better than what I had already been through.
So the reason I'm blessed is because I didn't lose hope and I didn't lose faith and I didn't lose confidence when I was going through some dark days in my life. That was a temporary setback. It may be the trial that you're going through that today hurts, today brings pain, today brings frustration, today brings question into your life. But it may be the, that very trial that is going to keep you praying, going to keep you believing, keep you understanding. I cannot make it without God. For every person that has ever been destroyed by a trial, there's been thousands destroyed by success and blessing. That's why we need trial once in a while to, to balance out what God is going to do because if you had not gone through the trial first, if the blessing came first, you, you then would get lifted up in yourself and be so disappointed you couldn't make it through another day when you finally made it through the trial. But I believe God takes us through the trial first to bring us out the other side so that now we're prepared and able to live in the blessing that He is wanting to bring into to our life. I won't be real long today. I know you're used to hearing that. I want to just point out a few things to you about trials. Number one, everybody experiences trials. When you get in a trial, you think you're alone. You are not alone. I don't want to get into a lot of personal experiences this morning, but I can tell you that I've walked through more than my share of dark days in my life. I've walked through some of the darkest days of life. Some of you have, have little insight. Some of you have no clue of some of the dark days I've walked through. I'm sure the story would be flipped and be true on your part as well. But, in those moments, you feel like nobody knows where I am. Sometimes that trial you may even be living in today, feeling like nobody even knows why, what, who talked to pastor. I'm trying to tell you this morning that everybody has experienced trials. And when you think that nobody has been through a trial like the one you're going through, I can promise you, Somebody's been through it. I think sometimes as, as preachers we feel like our, as, and pastors, it's easy to feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders and nobody knows the trouble we've seen and nobody knows our sorrow. They should write something about that. <clears throat> or maybe a song, I don't know. And, and you feel like the weight of the world's on your shoulders. I think that's why the Apostle Paul started just saying, I was in shipwreck and snake bitten on an island and alone and did despair. And he goes in and just writes about all the things he's been through. And then at the end he says, and above all that, all the cares of the church. Yet through all these things, <laughs> I'm still surviving because I kept my faith in the Lord. So the point is, is that everybody experiences trials. And when you're in the now of the trial, you feel like you're alone. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're not alone. Now look back at them and tell them you're never alone. 
It feels like you're alone. You feel like because you're in the now of the trial. It's the now part of the season. The season, you're in the now, right now. They, it's my, they called my number. It's, it's the now part of the season. But it's just temporary. God is always with you. Other people have gone through it. Other people are going through it. Well, I don't understand if this is true. Why, when I'm in that now season you're preaching about, Pastor, why I can't find somebody else that's in the now season so we could get together and we could talk about how bad it is because you would discourage one another. In the now season, sometimes God lets you remain alone to where you're going to have to seek out somebody that has been through it and come out the other side of it. Some of the greatest ministers and preachers that I know are people who have been through it. They've got some battle scars. They've had some hardships and some struggles and they've come out the other side of it and they're still preaching the gospel, still taking it to the street, still working. I've looked at some of the stories and listened to some of the stories And the point this morning is that when they go through it, they come out the other side and look at it and somebody comes to them and they're going through it and they're able to tell them, God saw me through it. He's going to see you through it. You don't want to link up with somebody that's where you are. You want to link up with somebody that God has taken through it. Second thing I want to share with you about trials is that every trial has a divine purpose. It means God has put it in your life. He has allowed it into your life. And there is a divine purpose. Romans chapter 5 verse number 3. But we glory in tribulations also knowing that the tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. The point is is that the trial worketh. It's working something in me. The third thing I want to point to you about trials is that trials only last for a while. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now, our text, though now, everybody say, for a season. They will not, trials will not last always. It is only a season. So you've got to remain faithful during the hardship of it because it's a season and the seasons will change. It is a season. Trials will only last a while. When you're in the now of it, it feels like it's going to be always. But trials are intended to only last for a while. The next thing, I've already mentioned this, but I want to bring it to you and give you a scripture. Scriptural reference, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The trials that you go through are controlled by God. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. It's common to man. There's nothing that you've gone through that is not common to man. Oh, no. No, no, pastor. This is very, very rare. Nobody has ever been through this. There's been two cases since mankind has been on the planet, and I'm one of them. Jesus was the only other one that's been through it. Two cases. 
me and Jesus. And I've got it worse than he had it. No temptation has come upon you that is not common to man. But God is faithful. Am I in the word of God this morning? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above all that you are able. Watch this now. God is in charge of the testing. Satan is in charge of the tempting. God will never tempt you. He will test you. And He will allow Satan to tempt you. But there is a point who the Scripture said that God will not suffer that you be tempted above what you are able. There's a point that He's going to say no. There's a hedge about him. No, that's off limits. You cannot, because with with every temptation, God will always make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. The next thing I want to point to you about trials is that trials are aimed at your weakness. And this is, this is, this is the part that we struggle with. Some, sometimes the hardest part, I think the hardest part of counseling, the hardest part of, of trying to help somebody is in order to help somebody, we have to be honest. Everybody say, oh me. And most of us want our strengths affirmed. How many of you like your strengths affirmed? Dim those lights. How many of you like your strengths affirmed? Of course you do. Boy, you did good. You did great. That was wonderful. But trials are aimed not at our strengths. Trials are aimed at our weakness. So it's to make us better. And you need, every one of us, we need somebody in our life that can speak into our weakness. Mm-mm-mm. I know y'all would rather go eat right now, but I got to just meddle for a minute. Instead of getting offended when somebody is trying to help you, they may be a messenger of the Lord that is sent to you to help you. Because if you will allow them... Brother Mooney used to tell me when I was in Indianapolis, he'd tell me all the time, Brother Jordan, listen to your wife. Okay. A few days later, Brother Jordan, listen to your wife. For four years, he's, Brother Jordan, listen to your wife. <laughs> I finally figured out I need to listen to my wife. Because she can talk to me about some things. I can get upset at her about talking to me about something. But I got to get over it. Because she cooks my supper. (laughs) 
So your trial is aimed at your weakness. And God will bring people into your lives that will help you. And if you and I would learn to listen to people who God has put into our life to help us at that point of weakness, we would grow faster and not go back and repeat the same things over and over and over. Am I meddling too much this morning? God will bring people into your life that can speak into your life. Instead of getting mad and frustrated at them over speaking truth into our life. Not everybody that speaks into your life God sent. But God will send people to speak into your life. And when God sends those people to speak into your life, you don't need to be offended about it. Some of the worst, hardest parts of of ministering is knowing the truth and not being able to speak it because you know they won't receive it from you. And I've learned through the years that those who run to you and say, anything, you ever see anything in my life, you run, you tell me, you ever see those I'm not going to say anything to. Because they just let me, gave me insight into, when I do, they're going to be offended. But we all need that person. Your trial that God allows you to go through is aimed at your weakness. And it's trying to perfect those things in your life. I just have a few more points to make, and then, then I'll, I'll quit, quit meddling. Every trial that you go through will always come with God's grace. I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm all over my notes this morning. I've got scriptural references to each of these points this morning. If I miss some of them, I'll give them to you afterwards for those of you who take notes and try to remember what I said. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the 9th verse, and he said, My grace is sufficient for thee, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So here's the point. Trials will always come with God's grace. His grace is sufficient. So when you're in the trial, when you're going through it, know you're not alone. Know it won't last always. Know he won't let more be put on you than you can bear. But in the middle of that trial, God has given you grace. Enough grace to be able to bear it. In other words, you don't have to act up, act out, pout. Throw attitude, get mad at everybody around you. See, there's some people you can tell, you can tell what kind of week they've had as soon as you walk in and see them. This week they're up, next week they're down. This week they're happy, next week they're sad. You can always figure out where they are because they're just up and down. Some people, They don't have to tell you they don't like you. Their demeanor says it. Their attitude, they're all chipper, talking, friendly to everybody else. You walk up. Oh, praise the Lord. Yes, blessing, brother. In your trial, don't get angry with people. 
God's trying to work something in you. And he'll give you grace to be able to go through it. So in the middle of it, you ought to go through it with grace. You ought to go through it with grace. You ought to not go through it with temper tantrums. You know, you ought to not go through it with psychological disorders. Can I break it down a little more? You ought to not be passive aggressive in the middle of your trial. He gave you grace in the trial. Can I be real with you this morning? The trial is for your grace. He's giving you grace. In the middle of your trial, God gives you grace. He doesn't give you bad attitudes. He's giving you grace to go through it. Okay, I'll quit meddling. Y'all are about done anyway. He'll always see you through. There is always, this is my final point here, there is always a way out. Now those of you who have known me for a while, have ever traveled with me, for sure you're well aware that I get disoriented in hospitals, when I'm driving, it is no kidding. I can be driving down the interstate, I know where I'm going, and I stop, and when I get off, there's something about, I don't know why, that everywhere they put a gas station off of an interstate, there's a gas station on both sides of the road. And I get off, and I don't know if I went to the one on the left or the right. I don't know, so I pull out of the gas station, and I don't know. Am I supposed to go this way, or am I supposed to go? I'm lost. For 28 years, I've looked at my wife and said, which way do I go? And the backseat drivers start, I don't know, which way do I go? Dad's lost again. Dad, are you insane? Not yet. I go in a hospital. I need to go in and see brother so-and-so. Is that brother L.J. so-and-so? I don't know their name. I just know this brother so-and-so. All right, it's room 1473-892 North on the East Tower, Section B. In the surgery outlet waiting room, you may find family, but you can go on down the hall to XY4793. How do I get there? Turn left right here. Walk right down that hall. Turn left again. Go turn left again. When you come back by this desk, turn left again. Then you can turn right at the next hall. That's what I hear when they start giving me directions. So when I go, I have to have my wife with me for more than one reason. And so one is to get me around because she's like a homing pigeon. Her mom taught her homing skills. When she was little, she would take her to the mall and say, now get us back home, honey. And all of my wife's orientations for directions is all built around Keystone Malls right over there. So that means we're going here and right over there. And, and yeah, and then Keystone Mall will be right over there. 
I get disoriented in hospitals. I get disoriented when I'm driving, particularly when I stop at gas stations. I don't know which way I was coming or going. And so thank God for Siri. It's another female telling me what to do. Now you're laughing at me this morning because I get disoriented in hospitals and while driving. But most every one of us get disoriented in trials. That's why you don't need to make directional decisions when you're in a trial. Mm. That was the Holy Ghost right there just speaking to you. You came for a word today, there's you a word. Don't make a directional decision when you're in a trial because it's easy to get disoriented in the middle of your trial. You need to have somebody that is helping you make direction. God will always give you a way out. In every temptation, there will be a way of escape. He will always make a way out. But sometimes you need somebody to tell you, don't do that, don't go there, don't turn that direction. You need to hold. You need somebody in your life to say, this is what you need to do when you're in a trial. You need a praying friend. You need a praying church. You need praying elders. You need some folks around you. You need some mentors. You need some godly leadership. You need some godly counsel and advisors that tell you you're disoriented today. You need to go this direction. There's always a way out. Always a way out. I don't understand why I'm going. Why I'm in it, Pastor? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You guys have stood. Could have stayed standing. It was much better when you were standing. Because I'm tempted to keep preaching. Let God lead you through your trials. David said this, Yea, though I walk through the valley. And he said it like this, of the shadow of death. Allow me just a little bit of leeway this morning. Yea, though I walk through the valley of temptations. Yea, though I walk through the valley of trials. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I'm walking through the valley of temptations. You know what I'm preaching about this morning? It's because when you're going through the trial, every trial comes with a temptation. God brings on the trial and the devil runs in with temptation. And yes, God puts a hand up there and says, I won't let you put more on them than what they could bear. But he doesn't remove the temptation. So in the trial comes a temptation. With every trial will come a satanic attack. With every trial that God allows you to go through, the devil is going to match it with a satanic attack. God's always going to have His hand there. And He's never going to let that overwhelm you. But the temptations are going to come. And you and I both know what those temptations are. Because when you're going through a, tr through a trial, it's the temptation to quit. The temptation to give up. 
the temptation to drop out, the temptation to get bitter, the temptation to live hurt, the temptation to walk away, the temptation to let frustration overwhelm you, the temptation to stop growing, the temptation to get bitter, the temptation to live hurt, the temptation to walk away, the temptation, you let it overwhelm you if you're not careful. You can't let the temptation to live frustrated get the best of you. You've got to keep growing. I'm tempted to stop growing. I'm tempted to stop trying. I'm tempted to turn to sin. I'm tempted to not trust anybody anymore. Oh, I come this morning to tell you it's a trial you're going through. And that trial comes with a temptation. That trial will allow the tempter. God will allow the tempter to put it to, to be there to try to speak into your life. But in every one of those situations, God has his hand there. And he said, You don't have to quit. I'm trying to grow something in you. Try to talk me out of this, Pastor. I'm in the valley of temptation and I see no way out. There's manifold temptations. There's many temptations from all sorts of different directions. Discouragement is the most often side effect to temptations. The trial comes, the tempter brings discouragement into your life. You feel like you have nobody. You feel like nobody knows, nobody cares. You can find fault with everybody. But I come this morning to tell you that this trouble is not going to last always. It is a momentary. It is just the momentary existence of trials. We're all, we've all been there. We've either just come through it or are about to go through it again or right smack in the middle of it. Because in life, there's, there's trial after trial after trial. And with them is temptation after temptation. So just because the enemy's telling you, why don't you give up? Why don't you quit? Why don't you run away? Why don't you file for divorce? Why don't you try? Why don't you go to a bottle? Why don't you turn to drugs? Why don't you go back to the old life? Why don't you quit church? Why don't you walk away from friends? Why don't you get angry? Why don't you get bitter? In the middle of all of it, you need to say, get behind me, Satan, for I have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of my infirmities because he has already been there. He's already walked through it in every situation. He's making a way of escape for me. I don't have to leave here on a Sunday morning the same way I came in. I don't have to walk out with the same trial. I don't have to walk out carrying the same load. I may not be through the test yet, but I'm not going to go out discouraged. I'm going out victorious because I've got a God on my side. I've got a God fighting for me. I've got a God that says yes every time the tempter says no. I've got a God that says I'm a healer every time the tempter says you're going to die from the disease. I've got a God that always says there is a way out. All these altars are open this morning. If you've been walking through the test, if you've been walking through the trial, I dare you to step out this morning and walk to the front of this room, throw your hands in the air and say, God, you've always made a way and you're not going to quit making a way. God, you're for me and not against me. God, you're on my side. I bless you this morning. Come on, send the enemy running this morning because he hears you when you give your praise to God. And he knows, he knows you're about to come through this test. Come on, lift your voice. Give him praise this morning. Honor the 
Lord this morning with your praise. Honor him this morning with your praise. Honor him with your praise today. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come on, you can take it. With him I know I can stay. Oh, yes, I will. This morning, surrender to the Lord. God, I recognize this is a test. I rebuke the tempter. I rebuke the tempter off of every life. In the name of the Lord, I rebuke the tempter off of every life. You can make it in Jesus' name. You can make it in Jesus' name. I know that I can stand. No matter. Make this prayer your song. With him I know I can stand. Oh, yes. No matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So that I can make it. I can make it. 